They said there was a massive thunderclap in the apartment that he died in that, that the whole city heard. Here we are. So, what do you think Bird would say if he saw what this town is doing for him? He saw the thunderclap, right? Yeah. I think he would be very pleased, very happy. He probably wouldn't believe that they're celebrating him like this. He got a museum, he got a club, he got a Charlie Parker celebration in almost every city. Yeah. Several of them, and this is really a great thing. Charlie Parker to me was one of the greatest musicians ever, and uh, I feel like he's talking to me. You know, when I hear his music, yeah, I feel like he's talking to me. He's actually talking to me. So when I was writing those lyrics, they just came. Yeah. But I've been into Charlie Parker since I was a kid, and I first started writing lyrics to his music around 1975. Yeah. Around 1975. Why is he going to be so timeless? Everybody loves him. Why is he going to be forever? Because when he came along, when he started playing and experimenting with that new sound, nobody else is doing that. Right. Nobody else is playing like Charlie Parker. And uh, he had this niche, and he found out, he just knew how to play that horn and make people feel good. Yeah. You know, even though he had a, a substance abuse problem, he still played, you yeah. know, and who knows, that might have made him play better. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason why so many guys started being hooked on drugs yeah. and want to play like Charlie Parker. Right. But, uh, you know, you don't really need any uh, any type of drugs to play this music. Though. Sure. And uh, I'm a living witness. I'm 65 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm 65. You're doing good. I'm tired, and I just thank God that I have my health. Yeah. My mind. That's good. Yeah, your help. I so, think Charlie Parker would be very happy with what's going on. Absolutely. So you're down here from D.C.? Yeah, I flew in yesterday from Washington, D.C. I'm from Washington. I was born 1950, December 20th. Yeah. And uh, so here I am, man. I started off at a young age. Yeah. I started off very young age because my father had a record collection back in the 50s. And uh, he loved the music, and the resident manager was a pianist. Right. Named Spencer Payne. Yeah. And he had jam sessions at his apartment. Yeah. Almost every other week. Yeah. So I was one of the little kids with his children running around the house. Yeah. When the grown-ups were in there, and there was people like Shirley Horn and yeah. Peter Best and Jimmy Cobb and Buck Hill and uh, Calvin Jones yeah. and a lot of musicians. And then I ended up meeting those people. Yeah. When I got in my 20s. That's cool. And I started singing. Ended up meeting these people. And, and uh, so, you know, my father had the record player. He was playing Bird and King Pleasure and Eddie Jefferson and Frankie Lyman and, and everybody. Yeah. And I would imitate these people. Yeah. He would leave the house. i get on this microphone and start singing. Yeah. And I never stopped. Right on. So I was singing songs like Night Tunisia when I was 9 and 10 years old. Yeah. So when I got in the club, John Malachi was a pianist. Yeah. He was the original pianist with the Billy Exxon big band, with all the right. killer players. Sure. With Art Blakey, mm -hmm. Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie. Yeah. 
Lucky Thompson, Bash Navarro, yeah. and all them different people. And so, and Sarah Vaughn, yeah. Lena Horn, yeah. Pearl Bailey. So, Sarah Vaughn was a real sassy, always cursing the guys out. Yeah. So when John stopped playing with her later on, he would always tell her, why don't you stop being so sassy? Yeah. While she was in the band, then he started introducing her as Sassy Sarah Vaughn. Yeah, so yeah. that's how she got her name. Yeah. And uh, so John, he started, around in the 70s, he started a workshop at a place called the Pigfoot. Yeah. And I walked in on the first day, and I signed up. When it came my turn, he asked me what did I want to sing. And I said, a night Tunisia. He said, what do you know about a night Tunisia? I said, just play it just like the record. <laughs> and that's, I never stopped. So I've been singing for over 40 years now. It's perfect. Professionally. Yeah. But I was actually singing earlier than that. I'm yeah. 65 now. That's beautiful, yeah, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been blessed. Yeah, absolutely. I got my health. I'm retired. I got my railroad retirement. I got my yeah. pension. That's good. And I stopped singing for a long time. Yeah. And now I just, you know, thanks to the internet, this social networking oh, yeah. really puts everybody on even playing ground. Yeah. Absolutely. Because everybody can put out a record now. Yep. As a matter of fact, a lot of the labels don't even have jazz on their labels. Right. Because there's so much competition. Yeah. I mean, you could, I'm recording now. Yeah. And I got a good system, who knows? Yeah. You know I mean? so, so that's that little story right there. That's good. You know, so, so I met, so let me tell you this. I yeah, met yeah, James cool. Booty, I met James Booty in 1979 when I moved to New York. I met Lou Donaldson in 74 because when John Malachi at the workshop, he also played at the Bigfoot five nights a week. Right. So anybody who was in town right. always came to see John Malachi. Yeah. So at that session, I got a chance to meet a lot of people. Yeah. Everybody, when they heard me, he would let me sit in. Uh -huh. When they heard me, they said, come to New York, come to New York. So I eventually, I was a Metro bus driver then. Yeah. From 72 to 78. Right. So uh, after 78, I moved to New York when Eddie was murdered in 79. Yeah. Then I started singing with everybody. My first recording was with Farrell Saunders. That's nice. me on the Rejoice album, singing okay. Moments Notice. Right? Okay. Yeah. Then it sounds a mellow something warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote those lyrics in 74. That was the first set of vocalese lyrics that I did. Right on. And I practiced them for six years. And when I moved to New York, I was hanging out with Leon Thomas. Yeah. And Leon said, come down to the Village Vanguard because because Farrell was playing there. And I went down there. He introduced me to Farrell Saunders. He said, yeah, Farrell, George Johnson, Eddie Jefferson, James Moody. He said, oh, yeah, you want to sing a number? I said, yeah. So he said, what you want to sing? So I knew he was closely associated with John Coltrane. Sure. So I said, let me do Moments Notice. Yeah. John Hicks, Dr. Art Davis, yeah. and Greg Bandy on drums. So he wow. said, how you want it? I said, play it just like Blue Train. I sung that, Farrell Saunders' eyes lit up, crowd went crazy. And then about two weeks later, I got a call from Farrell. 
He said, would you like to hang out? We're going to be in New York. Would you like to hang out with us? I said, yeah. So when I got to the address, it was Power Station Studio. So I walked in there. It's Billy Higgins, Bobby Hutchins. That's how I did my first record day, Neon Jazz. 